Welcome to Soaring with Eagles with your host, Crystal Richardson, a.k.a. Sergeant K. Each week, we hear from Crystal and her successful guests as they share their triumphs, tragedies, tools, and secrets for living a full life complete with financial freedom laced with fun and fulfillment. Crystal takes a controversial and edgy approach to unveil interesting facts about millionaires, billionaires, and game changers, and how they have accomplished life success while giving back. Now, here is Crystal Richardson. Bring up the Facebook Live. Good morning, everyone. This is Crystal Richardson with Soaring with Eagles, and we are very extremely happy to be with you again today. We had a number of countries join us this past week, and I still think we're averaging around 35 countries overall that have listened to the show. So again, thank you all for being a part. And I want to introduce my guest to you. He is definitely... I guess maybe I would say the epitome of of what I have as my tagline on the show as far as being controversial, being (laughs) transformational, and being the answer. So uh, good morning, John. Good morning. (laughs) Glad to be here. (laughs) Excited. (laughs) Glad you could be with us today. Uh, I've been, um, I don't, the fan is not the word, but I've I've been uh, basically a a student of yours, I guess I would say, based on a meeting you at Think and Grow Rich yeah. in, in Scottsdale and uh, then just following you since then. So I really appreciate all that you've done to transform lives. And I think uh, one of the things I saw that it's been over a million people, I think. Uh, yeah, we've had over a million people attend our events mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. In, in the audience, which is crazy. Maybe that's just a sign of my age, though. <laughs> <laughs> Don't say that. I think we might be around the same age, so let's just not go there. I think you're younger. But uh, I'm double nickels, but I'm, I'm closer. I don't know where you are, but uh, but that's where I am yeah, just I'm, this year. I'm about to be 50, so. Yeah, see, yeah. so I'm your elder. Yeah. I'm your oh, elder. Oh, <laughs> see? Well, you, you look better than me, so that's what counts. <laughs> All right, so if you can just go ahead and just give a general overview to everyone. Sure. Yeah, you know, um, where do I start? I, my name is John Malott. I, I don't have all of the things that society says you're supposed to have to be successful. Uh, I, I don't have a college degree. I, I don't have a high school diploma. And, you know, I, I was really, really off track as a young person. You know, my, uh, my first felony arrest, I was 15 years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I found myself, you know, locked up for a lot of my teenage years. Uh, by 17, I was released, but the the, uh, the crack epidemic, it wasn't called crack at the time, we were freebasing cocaine, which mm-hmm. was smoking cocaine, which eventually became the crack epidemic. And, and I had a heart attack from smoking cocaine at 17 years old. Uh, I just was, uh, I was just way, way off track, lost. I had lost everything. You know, the most important things were the relationships that, that I had destroyed. And um, it's interesting because looking back, when I tell this story now, it used to be very difficult for me to tell a story because I was so embarrassed about it. And then I had a mentor come in my life who says, no, man, you got to tell people that story because you don't realize how messed up most people are. And they, they need to see that they're not the only ones messed up. And, you right. know, and so, you know, my, my, my story, now I tell it, sometimes reluctantly, but I tell it, you know, to hopefully, you know, set someone else free. I lost my sister to heroin uh, when she was 21 years old. Uh, my brother is a couple years younger than me, and he's went from opioid addiction to a heroin addiction, you know, almost two decades now. And, and so, you know, my message now is, is about, you know, change. You can, you can make the change no matter what your circumstances are, where you come from, what your background is. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm trying to have a little, uh, a little bit of an impact 
out here and uh, you know make some things happen and, and have some fun while doing it. Well, I think it's more than a little impact um, because there's so many people that whether they have young adults or teenagers, uh, being able to hear your story of, of where you came from and then where you are now. And of course, we all are still able to grow, right? You know, and, and one of my other um, things that I'm doing is related to being above your best. So no matter what you've done in life, you know, you can always you can always do more and you can always be better. But uh, your your story is so transformational. So you said you lost your sister when she was 20? Or she was 21 years 21? old. And, mm -hmm. yeah, uh, died from a heroin overdose. Mm -hmm. And then and when did when did you make that transformation in your life? Well, I was uh, I was 17 years old, and uh, I I found myself after having a heart attack from smoking cocaine. I end up in a uh, drug rehabilitation facility, and that, and that's really where the transformation started. And it did and it started because I, I met a man, a counselor in there. Dave was his name, who saw more in me than I saw in myself. Mm -hmm. And I, I was so, at that point, I was done, you know, really that uh, I, I had enough of this life and, you know, the life that I had created or the life that I had destroyed. And in that drug rehabilitation facility, you know, he convinced me that there was a way out because I didn't see a way out. I was like, you know, I thought you had to be born in the house with the Rolls Royce already in the garage. You know, I mean, there's a certain right. pedigree or, or certain people had, you know, special dust sprinkled on them. Well, well my neighborhood was a different type of dust, but it, it wasn't it did. It skipped our house, whatever it was. And but he convinced me that business was my way out. And, um, and, and it was weird to me because for whatever reason, business was the farthest thing from my mind. I, I didn't I didn't think I was a business person. I couldn't communicate well. I didn't look like a business person. I knew athletics was not getting me out of the neighborhood. Um, but it, it set me on a path. He gave me a book, How to Win Friends and Influence People. And that was the beginning. That For me, that book, uh, that was the seed that was planted um, that I, I continued. It was interesting because I had one foot in the hood and I had one foot in personal development for, for many years. But it was that book that, that set the whole thing in motion for me. Excellent. And and the thing that I think that a lot of people don't get, even though we, we have these facilities and, and programs in yeah. place in our society as far as uh, whether it's the Boys and Girls Club or if somebody is in 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 a place where they just need counseling, uh, we don't we don't give enough credit to those people um, uh, because there's so many people that and those are not high paying jobs, right? No. But but those are the people that are there to transform lives, and if they can just see like one little just glimmer of light in a person and then bring that out, you know, you'll already have seen what can happen. And so I I do talk sometimes about heroes, and I just would like to just thank and honor those who do counseling, even uh, what my husband and I do, and uh, we also have a uh, Echelon Leadership Institute for junior high, high school, and college students. And some of them are in at-risk homes, or there was even one that came that was, was homeless. The person who would bring them would go to the park every single day and pick them up to come oh, wow. to the program. Her, her family was living in the park, and she was, um, I think, about 14 years old. And so wow. anything that we can do to to help to support those those people that you know see those sparks we we really need to do that and and yours no was, his name was dave dave said. well it's interesting because i shout went out to dave <laughs> shout out to dave i went back later on as things were starting to progress where i felt like oh i'm kind of I'm, I'm in a pretty good spot mm -hmm. 
and the actual the rehabilit it was called DePaul Rehabilitation Facility in Milwaukee. Okay. Mm -hmm. It was completely tore down. It didn't even exist anymore. And but but that place saved my life. There's no no doubt about it. Mm -hmm. and, and so that was the beginning. And then and then really I, I I say a lot of times entrepreneurship is what saved my life because all I did really is I traded one addiction for a new addiction. You know now this one had had much better you know uh, outcome than the previous. But but business became my addiction. I pursued entrepreneurship with the same passion you know the 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 same zest like you know when when it came to getting high it, it was like well it's tuesday well i'm getting high it's wednesday i'm getting high i don't have any money but but i'm getting high you know i i, I always found a way to feed my habit and, and so i was able to and not realizing it, i was able to take whatever that was inside of me that made sure that i i fed this horrible beast that same thing I used in business, you know, mm -hmm. so I, I, I just didn't make a lot of excuses in, in the beginning, you know, other than I didn't have the, the knowledge, I didn't have the information, but I knew I could get it. A after I got on that path, I knew I could get it. And I knew, you know, I was taught that if, if another man or another woman could do it, then, then I could do it. And, and that became my thing. I just, I went after it. And then I got, of course, I, I pursued that in such a way that I got way off balance and other things. You know, I found myself, you know, my, my family life wasn't so good. So I had a, my whole life has been about trying to make these adjustments, you know, to get back to center or, or get some type of balance in my life. Right. Adjustment and balance is key. And I think um, <laughs> you mentioned you'd wake up and say, OK, I'm getting high. It's Tuesday. <laughs> it's Wednesday. And so having those goals, maybe not that kind of goal, but having <laughs> those goals and, and making sure that the night before that you plan. We talk a lot uh, this particular segment. This is the, the fourth, not, not this segment, this season. This yeah. is my fourth season on the show. And we talk a lot now about mindset and about leadership and being the leadership uh, being the leader of yourself yeah. as well as of your family and business and, and all of that. So it does start with mindset. So you had the right mindset. It was just maybe not focused in the right area. And so again, Mr. Dave maybe even saw that, that, yeah. that you have what it, what it takes as far as the, the fundamental principles yeah. uh, in your life. And so uh, those are some things that we really want to to also help uh, other people, whether you're an entrepreneur or whether you uh, are a youth and you want to figure out what it is that you want to do in life, you know, you can start now. There's one of my shows was on um, children, 19 years old, 11, 12 years old, that, you know, millionaires, because they were able to put that focus right away on what it was wow. that they they wanted to do. So you mentioned a number of things here. So you talked about making adjustments and, and balance. Can you maybe just give some more information on that? Yeah, well, uh, <laughs> I'm no expert there because I tend to, uh, I, I, I become obsessed with, you know, whatever I'm working on. So if I'm working on, you know, my fitness, you know, health and fitness, I, I focus heavily in that area. And so things tend to get, you know, get neglected on other, on other. So I'm constantly working, like, I, you know, even when it, when it comes to business, I'll, if I'm working on a project, I'll go all day without eating, you know, I don't think about anything else except for that. And then all of a sudden I'll realize, oh, I'm shaking because I haven't eaten. And, you know, so uh, I'm not, I'm probably not the best guy to teach on how to get balanced. But I had a mentor, Paul J. Meyer, mm -hmm. you know, billionaire Paul J. Meyer that uh, came in my life. And, and he was big on balance. He had, you know, he had this, this whole program. He drew out the wheel and he said, you know, when, you know, he basically would say, if you lack discipline in one area of your life, it'll eventually spill over to all areas of your life. And he talked about spiritual, social, financial. And so he, he did an incredible job of getting me to see that I, I really could live a more balanced life. And, you know, today it's not that cool though. Cause today it's like, you know, go charge the hill, don't sleep. And, you know, it's probably not the healthiest, you know, way to do things. Mm -hmm. But, you know, that's, that's a lot of times what people have to do to get 
you know, or to hit the big goals that they have. You know, right. you, you get out of balance for a little while. The key is to bring it back. Or now what I do with my family, because unfortunately, you know, I, I, I lost a family um, divorce, you know, because of my obsessive, you know, nature of going after things, you know, I'm neglecting the, the people I'm actually doing this stuff for. And uh, but now, you know, now I realize I, I'm anybody that's involved, I'm communicating with before. Well, I, I didn't communicate. I, I was just like, OK, I'm going, you know, I'm going to the top of this mountain. You're going to find me dead on the side trying to get there. And don't worry, this is for you. Just shut up and enjoy the ride type thing. And that wasn't a, a good way to do it. So now, like even with my kids, you know, we got my kids involved to the point where it's like daddy's working on Disney World. Well, now now they're, you know, my kids are grown, but that that's how it was. I started talking about, look, the reason why you're not going to see me as much or uh, I'm running is cuz we're working on Disney World or we would come to get come together and create dream boards and they would decide, you know, what we're going to do and where we want to go and and I remember one time uh, one of my daughters said I was home and I was kind of doing nothing. I think I was laying around the house and she was like, "Daddy, shouldn't you be out working on the Costa Rica trip?" <laughs> so once they got involved, you know, things like that started to start to change. But balance it, it's critical, but it's it's difficult to get, and especially in the early stages when you're when you're making a run. Right. And and I want to basically maybe just reverse something that you said. Well, maybe I'm not the best person to talk about balance and adjustments, yeah. but when we've been through something even if we're still in it, that does yeah, make us true. the best person because the fact that, you know, that we've realized it, alcohol and <clears throat> Alcoholic Anonymous, whatever yeah, it's yeah, called, AA. Yeah. I mean, we not be saying that right. Um, you know, the first the thing, one of the first things they say is, you know, you have to realize it. Okay. Yeah. And so when you realize and you can say, well, I'm a little off balance, you know, this week or today or this month, but I need to get back to it. That that That's key. Yeah. And it's not that we always make it back. So you know, we say that you know maybe we're not the best person, but but I think you are one of the best people to to help with that. Well, thank you. I I always I always say that we need more failures on the stages. We need more failures teaching, you know, because it's it's you know they're I like look you screwed your whole life up for twenty years. I want to <laughs> I want to know exactly what you did so I don't do that you know mm -hmm. type of thing. And I and you know a lot of times we'll see people teaching and they for me everyone seemed like swans on the lake. Everybody was all beautiful and they had their stuff together and. Uh, and I never felt like that, and so it was difficult. And, and it, it, I would go to events, and I would leave uninspired, even though they were brilliant. There's no question; these were brilliant people, and they had it all together. And I'm like, I'm sitting here, man. I don't have it together, and, and the people around me don't have it together. And my dad doesn't have it together, and you know, it was like, it, it was it was uninspiring until I went to an event, and then someone was just as jacked up as me, and I'm like, mm -hmm. now I can relate. And, and that and that really started to get me on the thought that I could I could be on these stages. I could be teaching. I could build something, you know, massive, mm -hmm. because you know I, I got around people that had you know screwed up really bad and and figured out a way to turn things around, and that inspired me to do better. And I think that's where my story's coming in now, because I get the same calls now, like, you know, I I did this, I did that. I got you know I got people's parents calling me saying my you know my son is involved in this, and can you talk to them? And I'm like, I'll talk to them, but. They might not want to talk to me. We got to. They got to be ready, like you said, with the Alcoholics Anonymous thing. Right. You have first have to admit that you have a problem. Right. If they if they're at that point, then we can start working on mm -hmm. that. Yeah, and the same thing has happened to me where I had to. Uh, it, it's only been the last year and a half, two years that mm -hmm. I've been able to even do what I'm doing now to be mm -hmm. open about the different things that have happened and transpired in my childhood and growing up mm -hmm. because I I just shut everything out and just focused on being this perfect person, yeah. you know, and uh, not just from a Christian perspective, but um, being where you're always polished and you're always the leader and you're always doing exactly everything that needs to be done. Yeah. Well, 
I went to a conference and like you said, there were some other jacked up people up there, you know, and people telling their story. And so I, I do a lot of thinking when I'm on the plane mm. and just looking out at the clouds and talking to God and just, you know, contemplating various things. And I do my choreography on the plane. I probably mm. scare some people with all my hand motions in my seat with my head, <laughs> uh, headphones on. But I had to then come to a point where I spent several flights just writing down this is who Crystal Richardson is. This is, you know, what I've been through related to bullying. I think, you know, in elementary school, started in kindergarten. Mm -hmm. And um, having that be where that was the thing that was muffling my voice and the greater impact that I could have on the world. And so once I once I did that, even just a couple weeks ago, there was a lady, she was just boohooing and I was on a, on a panel and she wants me to talk to her grandson because he has already tried to commit suicide several times oh, because wow. of bullying. And if I had not come to grips with that myself, I haven't talked to the young man yet, but I did pray for him. Yeah. But if I hadn't come to grips with that myself, then I wouldn't be able to have that as the one thing that, that I was put here for, you know, related to impact. So, um, and speaking in all these different countries, working all these different countries and the different things that I do, still, I could do more. I could be above my best by sharing my story. Yeah. And so I, I think it's key. And the fact that you come out and just say all these different things, like how you're all, you know, you were, you were, or maybe still have some things that are jacked up, you yeah, know. Yeah. That, <laughs> I'm still are, jacked up. <laughs> those are the all, things that really self help. self-induced jacked up. Yeah, nowadays, those are things so. that help people. And uh, when we get back from great break, we'll talk about burning desire. Okay. okay. So that's one of the the the, the key points uh, for in Think and Grow Rich, you know, related yeah. to Napoleon Hill, and and I met you there, uh, and just talking about decision make, making, and part of what you touched on really is uh, when we talk about sexual transmutation in Think yeah. and Grow Rich is you know using that energy for something different. So using yeah. that energy you were putting even towards drugs for something different. Yep. And if you can transform that, transmute that, then you know we can really do a lot, all of us in our lives. So we'll touch on that a little bit more when we come back from break. your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Stop wasting your time on things that don't matter. Let's get to work and turn your dreams into reality. Adults, teens, people of all ages. If you are a speaker, entrepreneur, inventor, or author, contact Crystal Richardson today to get your business started, get your invention developed and launched, get your book written, and more. Crystal and the Build That Biz team are ready to catapult your ideas from dreams to reality. Call 480-227-9743. Get ready to soar. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. You are listening to Soaring with Eagles with Crystal Richardson. Now, back to our show. It's going to be in California. Good morning, everyone. Welcome back to the second segment of Soaring with Eagles. We were just here chatting about a number of things uh, related to how this show came about. So I want to thank all of you who have been listening to us uh, for these last four seasons. Uh, really great 
to be here in October because this marks a year that we've been on the show and uh, we've had thousands of listeners and like I said I think we're up to like 35 countries now so it's it's pretty cool pretty cool cool. something that I wasn't even (laughs) planning to do necessarily and then I did it and and uh, it's it's had an impact on my life and on other people that that send me information about what they've gotten out of the show so thank you all right so we are on with John Mallet Malat Malat and I knew I looked at you because I knew I probably was going to say it wrong. <laughs> That's all right. Everyone does. Malat. Malat. <laughs> Malat. Because there's one L, right? One L. Okay. Yeah. At least I got that right. <laughs> one L and two yeah, T's. And Malat. people are always doing two L's, one T. Right. I'm, I'm constantly correcting people. Well, you saw how to spell my name. No one yeah. gets that right. <laughs> K-R-Y-S-T-Y-L-L-E. Yeah, I have to work on that one. Yeah, yeah. So some people just call me K-Style because they don't want to put all the... Oh, I like that. K-Style. The other things. So K-Style. So burning desire. Yeah. Obsession mm-hmm. was the word that you used. Napoleon Hill uses the words burning desire. Yeah. So let's talk about that. And again, our tagline is to be controversial, be transformational, and be the answer. So, you know, if there's anything that we need to talk about to help people to not just have like, oh, well, that was a great show. You know, that was a good show. Excuse yeah. me. I want it to be that they really get something out of this uh, and not just because you had a drug addiction and you had all these other things, you know, that they can relate to that part. But how can we how can we transform people in their mindset with relation to burning desire and obsession and and refocus? You know, it's pretty simple. You know, I have I teach three things, you know, to our our new affiliates all the time. It's it's, you know, burning desire, willing to work and coachable. Those are the, the three things I said. I don't care what your background is, what you know, degrees you have, none of that means anything to me. The, and the first one is burning desire. And, you know, when it comes down, when it comes to burning desire, it's like, okay, you got to figure out why you're in the game. You know, why, why, why do you want to do this? You know, like entrepreneurship is, is not easy. Every, you know, everybody can, you know, sees the, the outcome. You know, you, you see the lifestyle, you see the big house and hill, you see the cars, all that kind of stuff. And so people gravitate towards that. And people come to me all the time and say, well, I want what you have. And I'm like, well, you got to be willing to do what I did. And that's that's the difference. So when I remember when it, it took me seven years to make $100,000 in a single year, I'm working like crazy trying to make things happen. I just couldn't get any momentum, or anything going. Plus, I was working from a deficit, so people weren't like opening doors for me. There was still like this skeptical, like, oh yeah, you're gonna, you know, you're gonna be successful, yeah, right, type of thing. And and so I had to go through this this process. And what kept me going, you know, there were nights where I'm in the fetal position, sucking my thumb, you know, ready to throw in the towel because things weren't going the way, you know, I, I, I thought they should. I didn't really have anything to gauge it by. I just, I just knew I wasn't where I wanted to be. And I still didn't feel fulfilled. But it was, uh, I started to, you know, again, mentors, which came to me first through books. And then later on, interesting, you know, these people that I used to read their information, I end up later on becoming friends with or having personal contact with or sharing stages with. But burning desire came down to why? What, what, what was it? You know, I would, I would get in my car and I would drive 12 hours. And I remember I, I'd get in my Pontiac 2000, two-tone, one-tone <laughs> rust, one-tone dirt to go get information, you know, in another state, a car that, that, that you know, only on faith, <laughs> would make it to these events. I would sleep in that car. I would wash up in public restrooms. And, and the big turning point was my daughter. You know, my now she's 27, Lauren. Um, for me, that was a, that was a massive change because now it was no longer just about me. 
Because me, I, I guess, you know, I, I was willing to destroy myself. It was very clear. But now I had somebody else that I, I was responsible for or supposed to be. And that's why I have the tattoo, you know, uh, a good man leaves inheritance for his children's children. Because it was also in that drug rehabilitation center that he would give me all these quotes. I didn't know where they came from. I didn't even know. I had no idea really what this meant. At, at first, I thought it meant money. Later on, I discovered it was more than money. And I remember being locked up after I was arrested in front of my daughter. Mm-hmm. And I sat in the Milwaukee County bullpen, and I, I, was, I sat on the floor because I wasn't a big enough criminal to get, you know, the prime real estate and the bench around the, around the wall. And I sat in that room for four days, and all that kept replaying through my head was my daughter crying, screaming, crying when I was being let out of the house by the police, and that a good man leaves inheritance for his children's children. I came and take care of the one kid I have. And this, I was 20, 24 years old at that time. Mm-hmm. And... And that was the beginning for me. I, I, I started using my daughter as the reason why I would go through the nose, I would go through the pain, I would put in the extra time, I would you know give up on some sleep, and, and uh, I would keep pushing. And, and then it just became, I'm going to do this until it gets done. And um, so, yeah, my burning desire came 100% in the beginning from my daughter, Lauren. Mm-hmm. So let, let's talk about uh, the last part of what you yeah. said is going through the nose. Yeah. So we all have been told no. We've all had some <laughs> yeah. yeses or we wouldn't be yeah. where we are today. Right. So um, what, is, what does that mean to you, going through the nose? Like how many nose? Michael <laughs> Jordan had nose, you know? Yeah, well, I was, I was a loser. You know, I was a failure. and that, That's how everybody looked at me. Mm-hmm. So especially like, like in Think and Grow Rich, it was the people that were closest to me were the biggest naysayers. And when I got a job as a janitor working for General Electric, people were like excited about that. I hated it. I hated every minute of it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, but I, ha- I had this ambition much bigger than being a janitor. But, mm-hmm. you know, they were like, well, you know, you climb the corporate ladder. And, and I, I saw the problem with the corporate ladder is always someone else's big fat butt was in the way. And, and then when, when my boss's son came to town, I ended up losing my job. So I started to catch on how, the, you know, the mm-hmm. political process worked in these things. So entrepreneurship really became the clear for me, it seemed to be the clear path. And then it was, I set out on this journey and that required sales and, and talking to people, which I was a terrible communicator. So like you would for sure never even considered me for the store, for the show. Cause I, I couldn't speak without, you know, every other word being a cuss word. Uh, I was just rough and I had to work on that. And it was, it was Jim Rohn early on, you know, talking, you know, through audios and books talking about, you know, work on your language. Mm-hmm. So I started to work on my language. Um, I, I, I worked on my appearance, you know, was, you know, off. So it was all these little things I had to work on along the way. So there was this, this process just to get to zero. And, and of course, lots of doors were being slammed in my face and uh, a lot of people didn't believe. But then, so, you know, it was interesting because in the beginning, nobody believed. But because I kept going, then all of a sudden there was a shift that happened and it happened more with other people where all of a sudden they were like, this fool, he really believes this stuff. Like mm-hmm. in the beginning, nobody believed and I don't think they believed that I believed, but then a shift and it was be- started to become noticeable where they started to see that I, at least I believe, they still weren't joining me. They still weren't buying anything from me, but now they started to believe that I believed. Right. And that, and that chain, and, that, and for me, that built up enough confidence to keep going again. And then another shift happened where it was like, some of these people were like, this fool really believes this. And, and now they're starting to believe it. And then, so then people started to, you know, slowly it was my dad at first you know my my dad was my my first sale that i ever made and you know after six months of 
you know, trying to make something happen. And I think my dad just felt sorry for me when he saw that I was out doing, you know, going after it hard. Mm -hmm. And that was that was the beginning. And then and don't get it twisted. Success leads to more success. After I got, you know, that one that one deal, then it was like, okay, now I had confidence to go out. And it, it didn't happen over again. Seven years to to you know, hundred thousand. But then after I made a hundred thousand, it was the next year. It went to two hundred twenty four thousand. And then within you know four years, I was you know over a million dollars a year, and then a couple million dollars a year. And then you know things just it it, it is interesting because when you get to those levels, now doors open up for me. Right. I can make calls that I couldn't make back then. Mm -hmm. But you've got to go through all that. Right. You know, I I I wanted the life I have today. Mm -hmm. But I didn't realize what I'd have to go through to get to this life. Yeah, and and people do it all the time. They see the the glitter and the glamour yeah. and don't understand what people go through. And then yeah. even those people sometimes lie to people. Quite <laughs> yeah. frankly, yeah. like you know, you can do this too. All you got to do is this, this, and this. Well, no, it's not just this, this, and this. No. There's a lot more to it. Of course, we all have you know our five ways to this, eleven yeah. ways to this, and all of that. I have eleven controversial lessons of strategy, leadership, and success. Is one of my books oh, uh, that I have and. Uh, but the thing is, is that when people say that you can do this, this, and this, and you can have a million dollars or be as successful yeah. as I am, that's not true. Because, no. you know, you have to do what you said. Do what you have to do until it's done. Until like it's you done. just you just have to just keep going yeah. every day and have that, that obsession with it. And the burning desire, having that be one of the first things that's in, the, in, in that book, you know, related to, I talk a lot about Napoleon Hill, um, it's true that you have to have that. If you don't, then nothing else, nothing, nothing else, else matters. matters. And being able to put in the work, a lot of people call me Jamaican. They call me all different things about, you know, people who have like all these different jobs. Well, it's mm -hmm. all related to one thing, having impact in the world and leaving a legacy, having impact in other people's lives. Anything I can do to help someone be better yeah. in, in any area of their life, whether it's spiritually, financially or or related to uh, their job or just their relationships with people, that's what I do. So it, it is that. one thing, but there's a lot of aspects of it. So when people see all the different things I do, yeah. they think that, you know, oh, she has all these different jobs. and all. No, it's all related to one thing. And so you have to be willing to put in the work. That the, was the second thing that he said. The first thing he said was having a burning desire, being willing to put in the work, and then being willing to be coachable. There's yeah. so many people that, you know, they think they have it all figured out no. and they're not coachable or they're just no. coachable for like maybe one point. And it needs to be that it's, you know, they're on the 10 point program. They do the one point and yeah. then they think they're off to the races and they're really not. So let's talk about the coachable part. Yeah. Were you a coachable or are you a coachable person? Today I am uh, because, you know, I, I'm, I'm humble, which is mm -hmm. interesting. I'm, I'm more humble uh, today when I, I guess thinking back to if I had, you know, it was like, if I had this, then people wouldn't, I wouldn't let people talk to me a certain way. If I had this, if my bank account was this big, I would do certain things. And, and almost all that went out the window. Um, I went through a stage where, you know, I, I remember I made like $16,000 in a month and I thought I had made it, you know, and <laughs> I was, uh, and I had a mentor of mine, he said, he said, look, man, your your ego's out of control. He said, you forgot where you came from. And he said, once you forget where you come from, you're on your way back. And that stuck with me, and and, and then I, you know, I, uh, I, I have ego as the enemy. I now tattoo so much stuff on my body, but, <laughs> <laughs> but ego is the enemy, and I have it right here. So when I'm writing anything, I, I see this all the time to remind myself to remain humble because there's almost this. We have gurus teaching people today to not be humble. To, mm -hmm. w they're actually teaching people that you should be cocky, that you should, you should be arrogant. Now, that might be okay in a, in a booming economy and if you've got some things going, but as soon as things shift or you fall, if you've been an arrogant jerk, 
people are rooting for you. They might they might like you and make comments on your social media, right? But trip one time, they're rooting for you and they're not going to be there to help you. And but if you're humble about it, you're going about things right. You're going to attract a lot more people, you know. In uh, uh, and now today, people are more and more arrogant with with very little results. It's amazing to me how many people, like we talk about these gurus, everyone's saying right. you can do this and you can right. do that. And half these people haven't done anything. And it, and, it, and it started to burn me because I was like waiting until I hit some pinnacle success thing before I even would talk about it. Uh, but I would see people that they haven't done anything, you know, mm -hmm. except for maybe they watched a YouTube video or they read a book and now they're regurgitating that information. They've become the expert. And it drives me, it drives me insane, you know, to, to see this. And I see people then going down the path with, you know, shallow people that can't get them past this, you know, step one. Mm -hmm. You know, I remember sharing the stage with the Attorney General for the state of California, and you know, I'll never forget the question he posed. There was 4,000 people in the room in Los Angeles, and he asked the audience if they knew the definition of humble. Could have heard a pin drop. He said, the reason why we don't know the definition of humble is because today, you know, we're all big shots. We all think we know everything. Mm -hmm. Everybody's ego's out of control. And he said, the definition of humble is teachable. Because, you know, people that are teachable tend to be humble. Those that are not willing to learn or not willing to get information are simply not humble. But that right. stuck with me. It's yeah, and fun. I consider myself a, a uh, perpetual student. Yeah. And, and you have to always be in learning mode, you know, as well, especially with the transition, like I said, that has happened over these uh, the last two years of, of me uh, now taking the stage more related to uh, talking about leadership, talking about mindset and um, a number of those things that it, it takes a person who is teachable yeah. and books is definitely the way to go, you know, to get started. And then, like you said, being able to read books and then you're actually talking to or interviewing or sharing stages with those people. Yeah. It's it's like, wow, it's amazing. You know? And uh, I'm, I'm living that same life, too. Yeah. And so not to the magnitude of you, but maybe one day. But oh, uh, I think, yeah, you're right. there. But uh, but it's 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 just amazing. It's, it's yeah. just amazing. And so there's one thing that you said. And if this is not a book, it needs to be a book. Yeah. And we need to co-author it if you didn't already do it. <laughs> So you have to write, though. You, I <laughs> I'll do the write. writing, and I say things, and people think I'm joking, but I'm serious. Yeah, I'm so serious. Love it. So you said um, process to get to zero. Yes. Is that a book? It's it's not. But have you put that anywhere? <laughs> no, no. That just when you said yeah. that, it was like yeah. this bright light. Yeah. Came on my paper. Well, let's turn it into something. I like that because it's. Uh, some people think that you already have to be there, and it's the same with Christianity. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm an ordained minister <clears throat> and uh, do a lot of things related to, like I said, missions, medical yeah. missions, but part of it is religious. But some people don't come to the church. You know, when we, when we do events, um, I sing and dance and do some other things, okay, in the community. <laughs> is there anything you, what don't you do? <laughs> There's not a lot that I don't do, but some it. of the things, you know, some of that is religious, some of it is I sing is and totally dance too, not. but nobody comes to see me do it. <laughs> I've seen you kind of get your yeah, little groove thing. on, on Instagram and stuff, but, um, but I would say that to say that some things are just general, we do Michael Jackson tributes and other things oh, like nice. that. So then when we meet people and talk to them, yeah. uh, this one lady said if she were to <laughs> walk up into the church she probably just explode like you know uh catch on fire because she just uh is such a bad person <laughs> yes. you know and so the thing I'm, i want to equate that to is that people feel that they have to be to a certain point yep. in their life before they they accept god you have to be to a certain point in your life before you get married you have to be to a certain yeah. point in your life before you have children or before you make this decision and that decision but but you, you're never going to be to no. the point that you feel that you should be yeah. so 
go ahead and do part of it is just yeah. the doing of it and i talk a lot about action and about doing yeah. and being the answer means you know be controversial be transformational be the answer you have to do some work to do all of that right yeah. and so do that while you're bringing yourself up to zero yeah. and then you can move forward because there's so many people that are in debt and then there's so many people that are signing up for these credit repair things i'm not knocking credit repair i'm not doing that <laughs> but i'm saying some of the programs are just bogus programs yeah. okay because they are making money off of you trying to repair your credit yeah and so getting to zero there's a process for that and programs like what you were saying that you you teach your people and the things that i teach too helps people to do that and then they can just soar. And that's what we're about here on Soaring with Eagles and I being above your best. So I'm totally serious about this. Well, let's do it. Let's and we're do it. both I know I can, in the I can, valley. I can talk a lot about yeah. <laughs> being behind that zero <laughs> and how to get zero. there. Yeah, you know, and mine was a mi the mindset yeah. part uh, well, of being behind zero. Well, it's interesting because you talk like the Christianity religious part. For, forever I struggled with, you know, uh, religion and because when I was coming up, it was there were so many religious people that would say like you're going to hell. Like you know, they, <laughs> I'm a kid. Uh, I was a wild kid. I get it. I, I you know acted like the devil, but it really turned me off to relate, which actually perpetuated me. I lived up to their expectations. And someone comes along and t tells me you're going to hell, and I'm like, well, what do you know that the rest of these fools don't know? And and that person I gravitated toward, and so. It was because of that individual that I started to catch on, you know, that I started to say, okay, you know, maybe there, because there was always something inside of me that, that had this like spiritual thing. And I think it's why there's like, you know, whatever, how many billion people on the planet and there's all these different religions because we all are look, we all have some kind all of spiritual connection. Something. We're all looking for right. it. You can't tell right. me it doesn't exist because it doesn't matter where you are in the world. You, you mean before they were writing on paper, they were writing on walls, you know, there's, we all are spiritual beings, but I always had people around me that made spirituality so ugly right. and so hateful. Right. And I deal with it even today because I have an interracial relationship. Right. My, my wife is younger than me, so I get you know, I get hit from all different directions. I tend to you know fight back a little bit. Um, Not just a little bit, John. Yeah, I do throw some <laughs> I throw some missiles back from time. And we're going to talk but, about that in the third segment. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, but uh, yeah, but it, it really I, I, again it comes down to now now again like uh, you know you talk about legacy. I got legacy tattooed on my arm, um, and you know my my grandmother, she used to call me Father John of all things, and she was convinced that I was going to be a priest, which is <laughs> the craziest thing. You but still she, have time. Yeah, you're only fifty. You <laughs> oh still have goodness, time, Grandmother. Still time. <laughs> oh yes, yeah. She would she would love that, but uh, no, that, that wasn't in the cards. I I, I try. She tried to get me a, a gig as an altar boy at this little mm -hmm. local church, and they the priest didn't like me so much so <laughs> things didn't work out well there is still time but uh but yeah so we're going to talk a little bit more when we get back about being the answer and john has definitely been the answer for a lot of people in 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 his teachings and if you have not uh heard him you need to to look him up and and we're going to be working on this book since we're both Let's here in this area and we're <laughs> going to just make it happen for 2020 so Simple. when we get back we're going to talk about being the answer and we're going to also do quick fire oh. i've been taking a bunch of notes here and uh, this should be very interesting so we will be mm -hmm. right back It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com
Want to shift someone's destiny? Calling all CPAs, a.k.a. community and corporate partners in action. Become a community liaison or a corporate sponsor for our Give Hope Drives for the homeless and needy families. Donate tax-deductible funds, food, blankets, and books. Sponsor and serve our monthly luncheon, mentor a youth, or go on a foreign mission and make a difference. Contact our Soaring with Eagles radio show host, Crystal, at your team at buildthatbiz.com or visit our nonprofit page at fullcolormovement.com. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. You are listening to Soaring with Eagles with Crystal Richardson. Now, back to our show. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our third and final segment of Soaring with Eagles. We are on with the John Malat. I was go. going to do yes. it by myself. I just, you know, I'm here to but assist. I'm, I'm, you know, no, I, I had it all like, planned I'm out. I'm Robin to your back. I had it all planned out. Okay. <laughs> so I got it right without his assistance. <laughs> yeah, I just want you all yeah. to know that. <laughs> and so during this segment, we're going to talk about being the answer and what that really means related to um, related to mindset. And remember, we talk about mindset. We talk about leadership. So putting those two together. I don't want you to get confused or get lost about what we're saying. We're talking about being the answer. What are you being the answer to? What is the, what is the question, first of all? What is the question? What are you being the answer to? And then how do you use your mind to lead either yourself or your organization or your small business to being the answer? So when you hear that phrase, be the answer, what does that say to you? Oh, be the answer. Um, it, it, to me, it, it means take responsibility. You know, mm-hmm. more than anything, I, I there, for most of my life, uh, I didn't take responsibility. Not most of my life, but my young life. You know, I, I blamed everybody. You know, it was the police, it was the teachers, it was mm-hmm. my dad. Of course, my mom left when I was really young, so it was everybody else. And, and you know, it's uh, I think it was Mahatma Gandhi that said, uh, you know, become the change that that you envision. You know, type thing. So be the answer. I mean. It's, it's like be the solution you know if you see if you see a problem most people are really good at pointing out the problem you know my, mm-hmm. my mentor Jim Rowan used to say there's never been a, a monument created for the critic and you know so it's <laughs> you know <laughs> go out and change it you don't like it go change it mm-hmm. you know so but we're talking about um, you know what you what you do to help people in the in the teaching and it's not all big audience stuff right I mean yeah. you have smaller things that you do with yeah. with people that pay you bunches of money for for that so you know which is crazy to me i'm like (laughs) you're gonna pay me what all right (laughs) Um, so being the answer it means different things to different people different types of clients so how how does that translate when you're when you're talking to people about what their goals are yeah uh how does that translate it may be that there's a different answer for this person this person oh yeah for sure yeah, it depends on who I'm, I'm working with. If if I'm coaching a you know CEO of a of a company, you know of course what what I've what I've gotten really good at doing is listening. Mm-hmm. You know, and so and, and I how do I I ask a lot of questions. You know, two ears, one mouth. We should be doing at least you know twice the listening. Um, and so I I learned a long time ago that that the way we deal with with people has to be different. I can't have a cookie cutter approach to dealing with everybody, especially you know I have mentoring programs. I'm I'm, I'm coaching. I'm consulting the companies. We're doing you know live events, and, and it's like even with my daughters, I got four daughters. Pray for me. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, you have you got to get rich when you got four daughters. I mean, okay. night vision goggles are expensive. I mean, there's you know weddings and everything else, but but like Lauren and Carissa, for example, if when I would punish Lauren, like if I told Lauren to go to her room, and she would she would be like, great, I get to be away from all these wacko people. If I told Carissa to go to her room, like that was a real punishment for her because she had to be in the mix. She's like me; she needs to be in the mix. She's got energy, you know, got to be moving around. So I realized early on that 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 how I deal with one person may not be the same as how I deal with others. And I see some people that, like, you know, a boss at a job sometimes, he just deals with everybody with the iron fist. And it, maybe it works for some people, but then some people, can, you know, really hate him. So it really comes down to finding out who you're dealing with, you know. And, and, and how do you do that? You ask, ask more questions. You know, I, we, we've become a society of talkers. You know, lots talk, 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 talk. Um, I, you know, I, I find solutions to people's problems usually through them, and it's usually just me asking a series of questions. And next thing you know, they're solving their own challenges, and they think that I did something. You know, I didn't do anything. I just right. facilitated well, what they did. already knew. You did, and 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 that's what I talk about. You know, uh, having an impact. You know, related to helping people discover their leader within yeah. is is one of the things that I have, and and it, it's already there, and it just needs to be pulled out. And even you know, with me over these last couple of years, like I said, I was just work, work, work. You know, the W two, but I mean, I, I've had my own consulting company yeah. for over 10 years or so uh, I think it's going on 12 something like that but um, working and not really having my voice be heard related to all the different things that that I do know yeah. that I can put together to help me to be able to analyze whatever needs to be analyzed to help people with their issues so uh, using Six Sigma I don't know if you know what that is um, and some other uh, troubleshooting techniques that I've mm. used in industry yeah. but using it in a way that helps people realize the impact and realize you know that they do really have uh, greatness inside they do so it there's a lot Everybody of different does. ways that, that people do that and the number one thing that you said which is 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 what we all need to do more of is listening 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 so ask the questions and listen so uh, doesn't matter what kind of business you have or even if it's just with your family like I said you know we do talk about the millionaire billionaire mindset and, and and success factors but part of it is being a millionaire for your family it's not money but having where you're just so rich because you're you're listening to to one another in your family yeah. and um, on the other page it was something that you said and I wrote down the five love languages I don't know if you've heard of oh, that yeah, yeah, too um, because part of it it's is a great just, business book but it wasn't written for business so it's yeah but it yeah. but it is yeah. it's you know, just like the Myers-Briggs and other things yeah, that I yeah. look at. Yeah. Uh, you, you can use all those different things just to understand people. Mm -hmm. And everyone needs to be listened to in a different way, too. That's true. You know, so um, I think I think that's great. Well, I want to make sure that we have enough time yeah. to have a little discussion about this quick fire. Okay. And so the rules for quick fire. Uh-oh, there's rules. There's this rules, yeah. This is where it yeah. to fall apart yeah. for me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, You're a changed man. Do you can handle well. it. Oh, come on. <laughs> Only thing you need to remember is that I'm going to say one word and it's a one word answer. That's okay. all you have to remember. Oh, then that's easy. That's and easy. the thing is, it's called quick fire, John. Yeah. So I got to be quick. Yeah. So right. there's so many people that, you know, they I say that and I'm like, okay. And then I say one word and they're like, oh, you know, you stumped me already. <laughs> so. so the first thing that comes to my mind, 
is what you want me to the say. The very first Uh-oh. thing, no matter what it is. And, you know, it's about being trans- oh, controversial right. on this show. I was so. just thinking about my just wife earlier. I got to be careful. I got to purge some things. Let me, all right. Yeah, you can't, you can't say her name for everything. All right, all right. Okay, yeah, yeah, you can't say it for everything. All she right. uh, was really helpful. I really appreciate her helping me get, get everything together. She so keeps I, me together. She is like, she's organized, I'm not. She's educated, I'm not. All the things I'm not, she is. So it, it, it works out, works out perfect. Well, good, good, good. Okay, are you ready? Yeah, you got me nervous on this one, but I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the thing. These people have been on, like, stages in front of thousands of people, okay? Then she does this, and then puts when us we on go to spot, quick like, fire, people like get nervous. Apart. It's so hilarious. It's so hilarious. All right. So okay. um, I will start out easy for you. Okay. okay. All right, so here we go. Yep. Knowledge. Thinking. Passion. Love. Adjustment. Difficult. (laughs) (laughs) Balance. Um, Every day. You really were trying to keep I, it the one word. You're I about know. To say I was something. about to say something, and I'm like, no, wait a minute. I forgot the rules already. <laughs> you did good. You did good. Okay. Obsession. John Malott. <laughs> Two words. Jay Lottie. <laughs> okay. Um, communication. Critical. Goals. Important. Rich. <laughs> Freedom. Entrepreneur. Lifestyle. Counselor. <laughs> I got so many words because a counselor saved my life. <laughs> um, uh, impact. Impact. Okay, good. <clears throat> Cars. Fun. Vacation. Soon. Freedom. Now. And impact. Life. You did good. You did good. <laughs> I am so serious. For a person who said that they lack discipline and lack this and that and, you know, just all of what you what you mentioned about yourself, you did better than a lot of people as right? far as the whole one word thing. I'll get like whole phrases, like almost paragraphs sometimes really? from people. Yeah. There's a couple of them that got me. Like when you said counselor, I, what I what first popped in my mind is what I should have said. It was Dave. Mm-hmm. But then right, right out, it was like all the things that I got. Because, you know, when two things. When you're locked up as a young person, you got counselors all the time on right, you. Right, right. And then and then in the drug rehabilitation, I had counselors on me all the time. So well, I thought you were going to say Dave, and so you yeah. disappointed me that you I know. I'm sorry, Dave. But I, I did have – I had lots and lots of counselors. Dave was just the one. He was one, one. He yeah. was the one who – who told me I could get out? Mm-hmm. He convinced mm-hmm. me. But I had so I had great. I really had great people, which was the difference between my brother and I. My brother went to prison. My brother went through all the same stuff and can't get his stuff together. Um, so it's interesting how three. Is people, he older or younger? Young. He's he's eighteen months younger than me. Mm-hmm. But he looks like he, I mean he's like eighty pounds. His teeth are gone. He looks like mm-hmm. he's twenty five years older than me. Mm-hmm. It's just drugs. Drugs and alcohol destroyed mm-hmm. completely mm-hmm. destroyed his life. And so wow. Um, but it's interesting how we come from the same environment but have. Three completely different circumstances: mm-hmm. one, one dead, one uh, barely hanging on to life, and then, and then my situation. Mm-hmm. But it came; it really came down to counselors, which is not something I teach on a lot. Which, but when we bring it up, it makes me think that these were my mentors. You know, I right. give credit to Jim Rohn and these people that I met right. later on. But a lot of it happened when I was a teenager, when I was right. making this transition 
And that's what I like. And I I thank people. And there's some people I'm sure, you know, I I haven't heard from. and, And the same with you where... Three years down the line, five years down the line, I'll get an email from someone that, that says that just the great impact that I had in their life. And, and one person, you know, they stopped speaking to me because of what I said to them. But, you know, I had to say that to them. And uh, it, it had a tremendous impact on their life. But a lot of times we don't want to hear Mm-mm. from those people that are really the people that are there to speak into our life yeah. and, to, and to give us life and to, to put us down um, our path from our dreams to our destiny. Yeah. And so... Uh, Dave and like I said all those people who don't necessarily get paid a lot of money some of them don't get paid any money and are the ones that that really really do that for us so uh, balance you said every day and (laughs) obsession you said John I'm I'm, I'm, I'm (laughs) basically the same way in my in my own way my husband is too Uh, goals are important yeah, two things that hit me important and progress. Mm-hmm. Uh, I used to be a big, I'm, I'm actually teaching a goal setting class tomorrow um, to my mentoring group. So I'm, I'm in the process of, of you know, putting that together. But I, I don't do goals the same way I used to do goals. For mm-hmm. I used to be like, this is it. And I was, you know, every day was towards that goal. Now for me, it's it's prog- progress is more important than, than the actual goal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, what happened to me too, at one point I hit, I hit. I had hit goals that were pretty high up, and I hit all of them. And then I was depressed. I hadn't, you know, because this was my whole life was me getting right. a certain income. This I had the house on Camelback Mountain on the top of the hill. I had the cars. I had all the stuff, and then I was miserable. And I found myself in strip clubs and in nightclubs and three years of being a going regressing because I stopped setting goals. And and then I started realizing, well, what, what goal am I gonna set now? And then I started realizing progress and development and growth is is a critical component. Because I can set goals all day long, but I'm gonna hit those goals. I'm gonna, in, my, in my personality, I'm gonna get depressed after I hit them. But we're all kind of like that. <laughs> you weird. do something like really big, and then yeah. you're like, oh, now what? it's done. It's like, okay, now what? Yeah, yeah it's like, what? I think about like the President of the United States, the Obamas, you know, what do you do now? Now, it's, it seems like they're figuring it out, you know, right. they're writing books and they're having right. impact. But when you hit like that, what do you do? Like me, I'm destructive, you know. Right. And, and, you know I but can, it's all a mindset thing. It is. And I think we're going to need to talk some more at another time because we're out of time oh, for the show. We're out of time. Time flies. I was having fun. <laughs> I was enjoying this. Two more hours, people. Give us two more hours. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll have to reconnect because we have to anyway because yeah. of our goal. We're going to have a goal yes. together. So thank you all. Sorry we went a little bit over, but uh, keep soaring with eagles, and we will be back with you again next week. Thank you. Thanks, John. Thank you. Malak. Thank you for tuning in to Soaring with Eagles. Please join Crystal Richardson again on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another edition. Let's soar together, give back to our communities, and change the world. 